0: Hey everyone, I'm your host, Alex Taylor, co-founder of Parallel. Welcome to Parallel Lives, a podcast where we learn about the tireless yet vibrantly challenging role the women we admire most live in parallel to their careers and personal pursuits, becoming and being a mom. Today's episode is with none other than Jerry Hirsch. She is a dear friend and also one of the original influencers. She parlayed her talents and keen eye for brand building into entrepreneurship, and she built and sold an insanely successful startup and now consults for some of your favorite brands, including our company Parallel. As I was navigating my own pregnancy and fertility journey, she was always someone I really looked up to and went to for advice. So it's an honor to have her on the show today. In today's episode, we talked about her fertility journey, loss and lessons learned, and how she took a more central role in her health journey, and why she worked with a doula both during pregnancy and postpartum, along with her best takeaways that you can do at home without a doula, and why she's leaning into cultivating a slower yet fuller life with her family outside the city. She is a wealth of knowledge, an incredibly kind and wonderful and smart person, and I can't wait for you to listen to the show. Enjoy. Enjoy.
1: Jerry, Alex, thank you so
0: much for coming on the podcast. So today. happy to be
1: here and see your beautiful office oh, in person. Thank you. I know we
0: are very legit now that we have a real office space. You it's are you're no
1: longer in a guest house. I know. <laughs> I know.
0: For those listening, we launched this business out of my co-founder's back house, and we have a, a real little office now, which is really lovely. Yeah, and I'm so thrilled to have Jerry here because. Jerry has been a mom mentor to me throughout not only my pregnancy journeys, but having tiny people. And then now that I've started this business, you've become an advisor of ours and helped me build this brand. So this is a really, really special episode, and I can't wait for everyone to learn about your journey more And you're just so full
1: of wisdom. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, so are you. Oh my goodness. Especially creating parallel. When you first told me about your idea, this is before you even launched. Yeah. I was like, are you reading my mind? How? (laughs) How? I've been dying for something like, but I didn't really ever think it through. Like, what if there was a prenatal where you got everything exactly? Because I just supplemented on my own. Yeah. And so when you came out with Parallel, it felt like you really were filling a white space that was so needed from a not just like an ease of mind perspective, yeah. but from a medical perspective thank for you. all women trying to get pregnant, yeah. pregnant, Aww. post, all of it. Thank So you. thank you for creating Parallel. Oh my God. Well, thank you because I
0: feel like so much of what inspired this brand was, watching you and kind of following in your footsteps as I built my family and thought about what I was putting in and on my body and the whole kit and caboodle. So I'm excited to jump in. But before we talk about motherhood, let's rewind the clock. And I'd like everyone to understand like who was Jerry
1: before you became a mom? What were you doing? Tell us about what you were like. My life was so different. Mm -hmm. I have always been an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and really spent my twenties hustling, building a business, raising money, selling a company, out every night, networking. Yeah. And I loved it. It was such a thrill. It was truly mm-hmm. one of the best times of my life mm-hmm. and falling in love with my now husband. And we had this world when romance and like traveled the world it was it was the best. Yeah. And then we finally settled down and had babies. And mm-hmm. it was a very jarring mm-hmm. change because really? you have this first baby. Mm-hmm. And from my experience, mm-hmm. going from zero to one was the biggest hurdle. Really? Like one to two was easy because from zero to one, it was a little bit of an identity. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was a crisis, but it was, it was sort of refining my footing because mm-hmm. now I also am not, mm-hmm. this is like the girl boss era. Yeah. I just have a baby. I'm not, I had sold a company. So I wasn't working at the time. Mm-hmm. Who was I now? If I'm not out there hustling and working and mm-hmm. at all these events, I'm yeah. just home with the baby. Wow. So it was a lot of separating my heart mm-hmm. from my ego. Wow. Obviously there's a lot of heart that goes into the business and mm-hmm. the fun, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is ultimately also ego. And when you mm-hmm. have that baby and you're like, actually, I do want to be super present and be here. And that's not what's important. It's hard to dissect all those things though.
0: It's almost like your priorities just completely shifted overnight as well as your identity in a way, because again, going back to the girl boss era, and I was very much a participant in that for better or for worse, but your identity is meshed with your career so deeply. And then suddenly you're kind of thrown out on this island as a new mom. And you're like, who am I?
1: Yes. And yeah. no, no one can prepare you for it. No. Everyone tells you all, oh, you know, get ready mm-hmm. for this or that, yeah. or this is what's going to happen. And intellectually you're like, okay, I get it. But you, once you're mm-hmm. there, it's yeah. a totally different emotional experience, especially having just had a baby and you're also... Your hormones are all over the place. You're sleep-deprived. Mm-hmm. So it's really mm-hmm. complex and layered yeah. on top of just an entire oh. new life ahead of you. Of course. I'm always going to continue to be that same person and have that same passion and that same drive. It's just really shifted. And then you throw an unforeseeable pandemic in the mix. And mm-hmm. it, in some ways, it eased some of that stress and pressure because there were those weren't options anymore. Yeah.
0: You kind of had to rethink what was important to you. So, before we get too far down the line into your identity as a mom and that whole side of things, I want to start off with that moment when you found out you were pregnant. Did you always know that you wanted to be a mom? Like, was that something you always saw in your future?
1: I always saw it in my future deep down, but there was a period of time, and I'm sure some people can maybe identify this mm-hmm. with this, when I was dating somebody who I knew was not my forever, but was my now. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, when I was with that person, I was saying I didn't want to have kids. Interesting. Which I think was really just, I didn't want to have children with that person yeah it's not to say that's always the case but once I met my husband I was no question I was like let's go like let's build our family I Mm -hmm. see the future it was super clear yeah but
0: amidst this exciting life you were living did it become harder and harder to see how motherhood would fit into that you have so much going on in your life career-wise and then the idea of becoming a mom almost seems daunting did that make you nervous or how did you like work through that
1: it got to a point where I felt like I needed something bigger Mm. in my life. I needed something more than myself. I needed something bigger than going to Coachella every year (laughs) and working really hard. Uh And, and that next step was having kids. My husband comes from a really big family. Mm -hmm. We now have 13 grandchildren on our side. So family was also such a big priority. I never saw it as an inconvenience. Mm -hmm. We also had kids. I was Mm -hmm. a little, not older, but I was in my 30s. I wasn't like young 20s giving. I didn't feel like I was giving anything up. It felt like, okay, this is time for this chapter.
0: That's
1: beautiful. It's beautiful
0: that you were able to wade into this chapter somewhat slowly, but with confidence and ease, which is tremendous.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So let's start off with your fertility journey. You know, how did that go? Did you kind of like wake up one day and you're like, all right, let's, you know, we're ready to have kids. Like, tell us about that experience.
1: We got married in March Mm -hmm. and that following summer, we were like, let's just see what happens. Yeah, And I got pregnant right away, which Mm -hmm. I felt so fortunate for, but unfortunately that pregnancy ended at Mm -hmm. 20 weeks, which isn't something I ever shared on social media. Mm -hmm. It's not really something I talk about. So that was very hard. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you're literally recording the video being like in that appointment and then you're. So
0: was it at your 20 week scan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure that it's an important thing to share though, because if we're going to talk about your motherhood journey, I would presume that that framed so much of your experience henceforth, right?
1: Yes, definitely. Especially having gotten pregnant easily, mm-hmm. you feel like, oh, this isn't, yeah. this is, I got this. Yeah. Like, this is. Uh-
0: so what did you do after that moment? Did you take some time to recuperate? Did you try again? Like, tell yeah. us about
1: that. I went really deep into all types of different wellness journeys. I went on an Ayurvedic diet. I only ate warm food for like three or four months to mm-hmm. really just keep my body warm. I was doing a Bianca, which is a oil full body massage. Wow. I was just doing all these self-care anything that I could to kind of feel better. I did Reiki for my uterus. I was just was like, when you have no control on an outcome, you start to try to really control anything you can. And to me, those were things I could control. Mm -hmm. And then we had another traumatic life event. My husband, he was a runner and he ran every day. And on one of his runs, Mm -hmm. he went into cardiac arrest, Mm -hmm. but he survived and he's perfect. And it was a road, you know, yeah. he, he was yeah. resuscitated by a sheriff and then he was in a coma for three oh days. It was actually a very similar story to Damar Hamlin, wow. the NFL player yeah. who, what he went into cardiac arrest because mm-hmm. of the hit, yeah. but it was a similar thing. They got him CPR quickly enough. Mm-hmm. And then they put him in that hypothermic coma to mm-hmm. help his brain from swelling. Mm-hmm. It was sort of the same rhythms. Wow. Yeah. but
0: There was a life-saving tip that I remember you shared on your social media and I quickly told everyone in my life to do this with our iPhones. Mm, yes. Will you explain that to our listeners? Because I think it's something everyone should know about this feature. Yes. The medical ID. Yes. Yeah. So
1: when he was found, mm-hmm. he, a passerby or called 911 and the first responder was a sheriff. Mm-hmm. And on his, he had his phone because he was running, listening to music, but he, there was no information on his phone. There was mm-hmm. no emergency contact information. Mm-hmm. If he was on any medicine, that could be a problem with mm-hmm. some sort of surgery. So in your iPhone, if you go to your medical ID, you mm-hmm. can add all that information. Who is your emergency contact? What medicine are you on? What is your blood type? And it is the first, res- I don't know if it's the first responder's job or if it's mm-hmm. the, the social worker who gets okay. the belongings, but yeah. somebody looks on the phone for that information. Wow. So. If you
0: can't have it there, have it there. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So instead what they had to do is they answered his phone. He had, you know, meetings and yeah. someone called him mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm at our breakfast. And they were like, can you identify whose phone you're calling? And then oh, they looked yeah. him up and Cedar sign and they found him and his brother was yeah. listed as his emergency contact. So they called his brother. Got it. So mm-hmm. medical ID set it up. Uh-huh. It's so important. And, emergency. It
0: really is.
1: But you
0: were recuperating from a very unexpected loss in your first pregnancy, which is a really tough pill to swallow as you're beginning that journey and you're healthy and doing all the things. And it sounds like you were really caring for yourself. And then boom, this happens. What happened for you and your journey and thinking about building a family and looking at it through the context of, oh my God, this really catastrophic
1: Thing happened to my husband and our
0: family like where did you go from there in the journey?
1: it was it was so many different things when we didn't know if he was so he he goes to the hospital mm-hmm. they ended up putting a stent in his heart what he had was a, was a spontaneous coronary dissection then he was mm-hmm. in a coma but they didn't know how long he didn't have mm-hmm oxygen to his brain so we didn't know he was going to have brain activity for those three days and in those three days I had I was just like I can't believe I still don't have that baby in my belly like Mm -hmm. if he doesn't make it at least I would have that baby but then he woke up and he was perfect and I was like wait let's go we are having babies like we have we have things to do it was not your time so we started trying again Mm -hmm. and I wasn't getting pregnant I was like oh well I was getting pregnant we tried for like four months five months so I was like I'm just gonna go see my OB Mm -hmm. and check in and see what's going on with all my levels. Mm -hmm. Could something be off? I just have so much stress. So we did a blood panel and we found in my blood panel that I had Hashimoto's, which was onset from the stress of Mm -hmm. those two traumatic events. Yeah,
0: I have it too, which was onset by stress in my former work life. It's pretty wild what it does. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Hashimoto's and, you know, how you navigated that
1: for me. so Hashimoto's is when you your body doesn't produce enough thyroid so for me I, I was like not gonna even attempt to cure it mm-hmm. naturally mm-hmm. I mean I started taking Brazil nuts I mm-hmm. cut out cruciferous vegetables I did all those things I don't really follow that anymore yeah. but really the best fix is to take synthetic th- thyroids which yeah. is Synthroid or mm-hmm. a generic version do you mm-hmm. take Synthroid mm-hmm.
0: I did for about 10 years. And a year and a half ago, my doctor has been very impressed with my results, my my labs, you know, I go every three months. And he's like, you know, why don't we see what happens if you go off? And I am one of those people that was able to change my health through lifestyle. Amazing. So what did you do? (laughs) Tell me the secret. So the biggest things that I did were, I cut out gluten entirely. Are you still gluten-free? 100%. And it's not like if you make that decision to be gluten-free for something like I was trying to manage, you can't have gluten sometimes. And like, oh, it's fine. It's not a a bagel on a Sunday. (laughs) It's it's all or nothing. And so I have been gluten-free for the better part of a decade. I have first and foremost made some lifestyle changes in my career. I made some changes at home to really prioritize managing my stress. So I meditate every day. I find ways to just kind of release. And also I had a just total shift on my perspective. I took Synthroid for a long, you know, most of that decade. Um, But I really attribute it to that. And then my diet, I'm plant-based. I occasionally eat a little fish here and there, but it was truly a lifestyle change. And I, the main thing I attribute it to is management of stress and being gluten free. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like a little annoying to be the person at the table that's always like, I have a gluten allergy, especially when you but, live in LA. But in LA, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. It's easy, but it made a difference. And my doctor, who is, you know, a hardcore Western medicine endocrinologist, is, you know, he believes in it. He's like, the proof is in the pudding. You yes. were able to change your outcomes. And of course I'll still continue to be monitored. It's been about a year and three months That's since amazing. I've been off. And I feel, I feel incredible. I also, instead of doing my the pill, I have an IUD, which I also think is a factor that contributed to the shift in my body. But what's interesting about Hashimoto's, especially when you learned about it in the midst of your fertility journey is it actually impacts your, you know, your fertility odds and your ability to carry. So that must've been a little bit of a shock for you.
1: Yeah. I was honestly, I was just happy to find something. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I was gluten-free I yeah. did for the whole year. I, yeah. I did it all, uh-huh. got pregnant mm-hmm. 10 weeks in, mm-hmm. had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, you've got to be kidding me, but oh. you have to, it, I, this, I think the journey to mm-hmm. having a baby is, mm-hmm. it's like, you got to keep getting back on that horse. you got to just yes. keep going every day. Yes. got to get up. You have yeah. to be positive. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to get to that finish line, you yeah. have to, it's very hard, it's but it hard. takes mm-hmm. courage and relentlessness. And Were
0: you surprised though? Like you seem to learn that in your experience, but you know, we're we're led to believe for the better part of our lives is that you have sex once and you get pregnant. And of Mm -hmm. course that does happen, but there's this weird reality check that you have when you're like really trying to start a family and it's not as easy. And it seems like you came to that realization after that second loss. Mm -hmm. And did you start to kind of now look at it as like, I think Gabi mentioned this, to me when we were talking about her miscarriages who I know is your dear friend was like it's very much like numbers and
1: math and odds Mm -hmm. did you have that mindset no okay it was a it was the word dark feels like too dark but it was a little bit of a dark time for me because I just had been through so much when we got that pregnancy test I was like yes Mm -hmm. okay we're turning the corner and then it was like boom it was really it was a tough time I would say I didn't fully get over that hump mm-hmm. until I had my first. Yeah, And then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we've, we've turned a new leaf. Mm-hmm. I have our first baby. We have mm-hmm. our little family yeah. and we're good, but it's definitely, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. not easy. Yeah. I didn't really, especially after the first loss, like mm-hmm. a lot of people, I had a belly. People were yeah. like, Oh, you have a baby. Uh-huh. So then you just like don't even really want to like uh, see people. It's it's a lot. Tell people how did you cope with that?
0: And how did you manage those questions? And also how did you take care of yourself?
1: Well, I did all those, cra- those I did all, the, yeah. all those things. Yeah. I think you just you're like it didn't it wasn't a viable pregnancy. Yeah. And it's it, it's really yeah. uncomfortable for the other person because I've now had this conversation a lot. Yeah. But then for them But I hadn't announced it on social media, Mm -hmm. which I was so grateful for. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like then you have then you're like oh, then you have to let give everyone the update because it's of course. I think uh, there's a lot of pressure to share that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. and I admire women Mm -hmm. who do share the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just so personal and so hard yeah. and it, it's like my body and my baby and my medical it, I just wasn't comfortable it's, putting that on the internet first I just yeah. wasn't I
0: it, it, feel so overexposed yeah and like you said powerless too yes in this process yeah okay so you had your second loss and then and then
1: we got pregnant again mm-hmm. we took a little beat yeah, yeah. I was just like okay I need to, like, have a couple drinks. Yes. Let's go to sushi. Yeah. Yeah. A minute. Yeah. Like, let's take a trip. Reset. Reset. Mm -hmm. And then I got pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, a very tense first 22 weeks, I would say. I was, like, I got to get through. Yeah. I got to get through this. Mm -hmm. So getting through that 20-week ultrasound was a major milestone. Mm -hmm. I was so relieved. Mm -hmm. And I also... At at some point I reached out to figure out a doula because I Mm -hmm. felt like I needed more support than just like my OBGYN who's amazing and I love him so much, but he doesn't really want to entertain all my like silly little questions. And they're not
0: silly. Like I think also someone who has a very high health and wellness IQ, especially it sounds like what was inspired through your early losses and your husband's situation you wanted more care and support, and you wanted to improve all the odds to support your pregnancy. And I think that's also what really attracted me to watching your journey was that you were so thorough and thoughtful about everything you did to nurture yourself physically, mentally, in all respects. So tell us about, first of all, how did you even know about a doula and what they do? And how did you find your doula?
1: My girlfriend, Jenna Kane, Mm -hmm. had a party. She hosted a Evening, and she had a doula there who yeah. spoke, and it was Peggy Bregman. She's oh, yeah. she's a really popular yes, doula. She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. So and cool. I like went up to her and I was like, yeah. I'd love to work with you. And she happened to have a birth. It was a little bit later mm-hmm. in my pregnancy because mm-hmm. I wasn't mentally prepared to start planning really yeah. for birth. I was yes. like, I got to get through this twenty week ultrasound. Yeah. She's like, I have a birth that day mm-hmm. and like a birth around it, but I have someone amazing who you have to meet. Yeah. And so I go and I meet Patty Quintero, who's mm-hmm. UMA mother on Instagram. Yeah. And I felt like head over heels in love with Patty. She, she has that power. She has so much magic, and yeah. energetically, mm-hmm. she was what I would want in, yes. at my birth. Yeah. And I felt so supported by her. And there was no silly questions. Mm-hmm. And she really helped me prep for birth and Mm -hmm. we did yoga and she comes over with her pelvis and she does a special meditation with Uh you and your husband where you're like holding hands and it's just like it was it was really what my soul sort of i needed that extra nurture and it was incredible i strongly recommend following her on instagram if you're trying to conceive pregnant even if you just love birth after that experience with patty Mm -hmm. with both my births i'm like i think in my later life i Mm want to be a doula I can totally <laughs> see that
0: for you. I can totally see that. I for love you. birth. Oh my god! Well, she has a way of doing that. She yeah, is, she's magic. And she she's is so supportive, and she's one of those people where you just feel the warmth of your su- of the sun when you sit with her. Yes. You know, yes. So she worked with you through your pregnancy. How early on did you start with her?
1: It and was she- probably like twenty something okay.
0: weeks. Yeah, and so she was kind like of right when you got past that. Yes. A 20 week scan and you were feeling a little bit more grounded. Yes. Okay. And what did she start doing with you and working with you on until you gave birth? What
1: did you do? Well, she comes over with her pelvis uh-huh. and really kind of like talks you through everything. Uh-huh. She does really amazing uh-huh. prenatal yoga. Uh-huh. So I would go to her yoga classes uh-huh. and then she would come over for different things with birth prep. So she uh-huh. like showed my husband, how to massage my Mm -hmm. hips how to hold my hips Mm -hmm. so that i was trying to have a drug-free birth so she was trying to help get me there we would do exercises like holding ice on Mm -hmm. my body and increasing the amount of time that you hold the ice because it's like for a contraction Mm -hmm. how long can you get through that pain like you can Mm -hmm. do anything for a minute so it's like building up the tolerance to have that freezing wow. ice on you. Building up the tolerance. Same thing with like some of the yoga moves and being in discomfort.
0: It's like resilience training almost.
1: Kind of, yes. Yeah. That's but there was no hip, no birthing or yeah. anything okay. like that. Yeah. And then I like wrote all these mantras uh-huh. from birth just yeah. to like have something to go to for for myself of course. and it's interesting to see what you end up calling like bringing in when you're in labor
0: mm-hmm. did you find any of those really helpful to you
1: yeah so one of my best friends amalia she mm-hmm. had three babies without drugs and she was wow. like i just kept saying to myself you can do anything for a minute you can do anything for yes. a minute yes And i was saying you can do anything for a minute and yeah. the only the other one was the only way out is through
0: oh i love that
1: That's- which i Also, it's like a life mantra to this day for me.
0: It totally is for me, too. It's one of my favorite mantras. That's incredible. So you worked with Patty through the rest of your pregnancy. And tell us a little bit about the birth and what her role was and how you felt supported by
1: her. Both my births were, like, very different. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one, she was like, I was on the birthing ball. I was in the shower. Mm -hmm. She was massaging my lower back she was doing breath work meditation and then Mm -hmm. she was like really in it yeah my second she came over I went until I started having contractions at Mm -hmm. 11 p.m she came over at like one Mm -hmm. and I was like we gotta go we leave at 145 I almost have the baby in the elevator kidding me 206 the baby is out so in that birthday she I had my eyes locked with her yeah. and I was just like and she's like you got this you can <gasps> do it yeah. putting cold towel on my yeah. head yeah and the baby was out but it was yeah. a very different experience it wow. was like wow so
0: fast oh my goodness it was yeah
1: wild yeah <gasps> oh my goodness
0: and so through the birth you gave birth to both of your children in a hospital with a doula there to support you. Yes. Okay.
1: And my husband was absolutely amazing yes. too. I have to say yes. I was a
0: crucial member of the birthing team. Yes. I was just surprised by how involved Spencer was in our birth. I, was I like, know you
1: have an important role here. I know, but <laughs> yeah. you don't really know. Like yeah. my husband's sort of like a tough guy. Mm-hmm. He's not like overly like, doting or like, Oh my God, are you okay? He's not a worrier. He's like, you got this. Yeah. And he like keeps going in life. Like that's how I kind of, and so I was like, I don't like I, in birth, you don't just like got this. It's like you're going through something, but he was amazing. Oh, good, good, good.
0: And tell us a little bit about that postpartum experience with, with both of your girls. What were those first days like when you got home?
1: I would say my postpartum experiences were a little bit different. My, with my first I So I thought that I would, like, have my baby mm-hmm. and go back to work shortly after. Mm-hmm. I wasn't totally sure what exactly that work would be yet. Yeah. So I had a night nurse, and then I had a nanny lined up, mm-hmm. and the night nurse came, and I, like, hated having it. it was, I found it to be very stressful, and I didn't mm-hmm. like the baby down the hall for me, and mm-hmm. I had to be up every few hours breastfeed anyway. Mm-hmm. And then with my second, I decided not to have a nurse because I did not... It was not an enjoyable thing for me. Mm. And I didn't find it. I found it helpful the first week because, you know, mm. I didn't know how to change a diaper. I didn't know what happens to the belly button. I mm-hmm. didn't know. even it's just very
0: helpful to have someone there who knows how to do all those things. And you can just ask. You know? Yes. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Or like yeah. if you have
1: a boy and he circumcised, like, what do you yeah. do? I didn't have boys, but... Yeah. You don't they help. They help.
0: I learned a lot from our night nurse. Yeah. We very fortunate to have one. It was, it was very helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then on top of the night nurse mm-hmm. the first time, and then with my both babies, mm-hmm. I had a post doula.
0: Okay. And this was a different person than Patty.
1: This is a different person than Patty. Okay. And I know it sounds like I had all the things I just have to preface by saying the beginning of my life was uh-huh. like hard, not in like a, woe is me. Like yeah. it made me who I am and it was like everything. I was all like on my own from Time I was You're really young, very hard worker. Yes, yeah. and everything had been like kind of hard up to this point. So I was yeah. like, I want to invest in making sure this yes. is easy, and provide, giving myself all the support that I need. Absolutely. And I was like, the thing that kind of stuck in my mind I was like, what am I going to eat?
0: Yeah,
1: how, what am I? Am I going to order Postmates? <laughs> and so that's how I Patty kind of connected uh-huh. me with Stephanie Matias to be a post doula, because she would come and she would mm-hmm. cook these really nurturing replenishing meals that also support breast milk production and she also would do help with the baby if you need it and all the other
0: and what are some of the meals that stood out to you that maybe our listeners can recreate
1: so i think the book the first 40 days is incredible her her meals are very similar to what is in Mm -hmm. that book so it's a lot of warm foods maybe some like cookie dough bites with Brewers yeast mm-hmm. to help milk production, correction, beautiful mm-hmm. oatmeals. Yeah. Really nourishing green soups. Mm-hmm. I actually That's still make lentils. a lot of her green soups. Yeah, yeah. lentils, oh, curries. Mm-hmm. Really warming.
0: Yeah. Soft though. I yes. I had a lot of dal and stuff. Yes.
1: Like you want or... soft because yeah. I mean that bur those fruit it's it's there's a lot going on lot down going there. On. Yeah. And even if it's not about mm-hmm. But what's really neat
0: about a postpartum doula or even just educating yourself on what you can do to support yourself postpartum is that we're so, as a society, focused on baby. It's like, mom had this baby, and then let's all focus on the baby, and we're all doting over the baby, and the baby's getting lots of support. But you have physically been, and mentally, I mean, in all respects, have been through something so massive, and we need to support mom too. And there's so many resources out there, like the first 40 days that equip you with information of how you can really care for yourself and support that transition through nutrition, stretching, mental health exercises and the like.
1: Even Um, just keeping your feet warm, like little simple things, not ever having cold feet was something that was it Patty had recommended to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's just all these little Little things. and lots of other cultures really mm-hmm. honor the mother mm-hmm. and they like help with the belly binding mm-hmm. and the meals mm-hmm. and they stay in bed and they yeah. help with the baby but really they're there to ensure that the mother and the mm-hmm. baby have a real opportunity to bond mm-hmm. and that requires the mom to be able to just be with the baby yeah. but you, how do you do that if you don't have support don't have
0: that support i mean this balloons into so many things that we as a society need to change. And I think that our generation and the generations that come after us are seeing the need to create a systemic shift in terms of how we support new families, whatever Mm -hmm. incarnation of that family, you know, what it looks like. But so you were, you know, very much doing all this work through the first 40 days kind of following that philosophy Mm of the doula what was going on inside of you though? We touched on this a little bit at the top of the conversation, but I want to go deeper here about, did you look in the mirror the first time after giving birth and like see a new person staring
1: back at you? I'm sure I had that moment. Yeah. I think you feel it internally, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Did you feel a shift in who you were? Yes. I felt like my whole world literally changed yeah. over. Except yeah. she was born in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Born in the morning. But you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean, didn't you? Yes. My goodness. I remember the first time I went out in the
0: world as a new mom. And oh, know it's shocking. I was like, does everyone know I'm a mom? <laughs> I <laughs> know. The first time you go
1: out with your, without your little one. I know. It's wild. I know. And then you're all you become aware of it. I'm like, oh, is this a mom haircut? Do I look more like a mom? Yeah, like
0: And then I kind of love it. I'm like, wait, I love like I love being a mom and I kind of love that
1: It took time to come, for me, it took time to come into my own Mm -hmm. of being a mom, though. Yeah. Like, going to a baby group and being with other women and feeling supported was Mm -hmm. invaluable. I still am close friends with all of those moms. Me too. Some of my best friends are
0: my friends from baby group.
1: Okay, look, those women who had babies during COVID, I hope they had support virtually Mm -hmm. because it is a really isolating time. It is. Like, yeah. I heard that, but I didn't really understand what that meant. Like you're home with the baby. There's another person there with yeah. you or like people come to visit, but it's really isolating. Yeah. It can be.
0: And I think baby groups are especially important because there's something about this little snapshot in time mm-hmm. where you really need to connect with someone who has a baby that's pretty much the same age as yours yes, because it's sleep regression yeah because it's like and it
1: changes yeah you know it's almost yes. like if
0: someone's child is three months older than yours during that first year you're dealing with a totally different you know situation Yes, and,
1: and it sounds like minutia. Uh-huh. if you're not in that phase yeah. you're like like really like you guys the sleep figure it out like you can't understand but how I'll consume it but it's all <laughs> you. Yes, yes yes and you think you're not gonna be like that yeah. when you have kids but it's Every person it, seems to end up in the same yeah, same boat. Yeah, because you have this little person, and you're just yeah. trying to do your best and make yeah. sure they're slept and fed, and you're slept and fed, exactly. and maybe showered. Yes, I know. I wish there was a
0: way because I had, you know, I felt very privileged to have access to this baby group, and I know you found it so yes. additive as many women in my community. But a lot of people don't have access to these baby groups. It's like I wish I could pair people up by their due date, just like I know get them to connect and support know. each other and. They're all asking the same questions at the same time. Okay. We
1: got to figure that out. (laughs) I know. Well, now I also don't live in LA anymore. I live like in the middle of a very low populated place. I'm like, if I had a third, like what would my, (laughs) there is, I don't know, there would be enough people having babies to even create a group. (laughs) It might be like
0: a pair. (laughs) Well, that's the beauty of the internet too. And having, you know, community there and finding ways to connect with people. But let's talk about that. So you now have two beautiful girls and the pandemic hit right after the birth of your second.
1: Right? It's like four kind of months of right, after. Yeah, right yeah, after so I had a four month old and a two year old. Wow. Living in the Hollywood Hills. Oh my God. In oh. a very vertical home that was hard to go on neighborhood walks in because people drive crazy around yes. the yeah. curves. And it was a lot because like, I also it was the early stage of mm-hmm. the business that I was working on at that point, And it was on like a rocket ship mm-hmm. to success. And yeah. my husband has an entertainment business mm-hmm. with 100 plus employees. We also own a coffee shop on La Brea. You do. Yes. Yeah, neighborhood. I love neighborhood. And like that was also in triage because now no one you have to like sh- no one can go to work. You yeah. can't sell and businesses had to close, but you still have rent to pay yeah. and employees to care for. Yeah. So it was just like it I don't I think everyone was in the same boat. Yes. It's not like we were in any sort no, of unique everyone circumstance. Circumstance. It was a lot.
0: It was a lot going on. Yeah. And so you made a pretty big life change and it was inspired by the pandemic.
1: Yes. Tell me more about that. Well, so we sold our house because it was just we loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I like still I missed, I drove by it yesterday and I was like, Aww. hi, old house. I miss you. I love you. I hope your new owners are kind to you and didn't screw you up because it was like 1920s Spanish and we had like restored yeah. it. But we sold our house. Mm-hmm. It was funny. We actually we put it on the market. Yeah. And then that new wave of COVID hit like yeah. right around Thanksgiving. So we're like, mm-hmm. we're going to take it off the market. We don't want people in our house. Yeah. In that week, we were going to Ohio. We hadn't been anywhere since March. And we yeah. decided to go to Thatcher House in Ohio. dying to go there. It was amazing. So it was amazing. We yeah. were like, we're just going to go there and get away. Uh-huh. And it was very safe the way they... Because they have like little cottages. So you yes. weren't going to be around other people. Yeah. And our realtor, Jenna Cooper, who mm-hmm. was so great, she was like, can we just show it to this one family? They're from New York. And mm-hmm. we were like, actually, we're out of town. Sure. Yeah. Sure enough. They make an offer. And now we're like, oh my God, now where are we going to go? We, oh didn't have, we didn't figure out where we were going to go. We just knew we had different needs. Yeah, And we started pounding the pavement. We couldn't find anything in LA. So mm-hmm. we're like, well, we don't really have to be here for a while. This world's not coming back. It's November, 2020. There's no vaccine. Unclear yeah. Yeah. about the election still.
0: Everything was just in flux at that time. But yes. it's interesting that you started to think beyond LA.
1: Well, we were like, we yeah. can go do something cool and like come back. Ah, yeah. Or not. Yeah. Maybe we would love this other life. Mm-hmm. So we actually made an offer in Montecito and we uh-huh. didn't get it. Okay. And but really enjoyed like the drive down the 101 to so go beautiful. to Montecito because we hadn't more. been anywhere. Oh. So, so, so beautiful. Delightful. Yeah. And then this listing came up for it was a rose farm mm-hmm. in San Inez and we we're like, let's just go see it. Yeah. And we got there and we were like, we have to do this. My girls were like, <sighs> running around and they looked so free and so happy and so we did and now we live there and it's a really special magical life especially for the girls
0: I mean that's a huge change though because you are an LA lady you are from here I'm
1: from here I'm like (laughs) LA ride or die I love (laughs) LA I miss LA so much all my best friends are here Uh so it's hard you know so many people's lives Mm -hmm. Changed dramatically. They moved locations. Mm-hmm. They changed jobs. They yeah. so much shifted. They lost love. What like? There mm-hmm. was just. It's such a crazy moment in time mm-hmm. that really changed the trajectory of everything. Life of life of, life, mean, of humanity. Truly, yes. like I think it was a huge shift in society. I
0: couldn't agree more. And let's talk more about that shift because it was almost like what we valued changed. Mm-hmm. We didn't value physically being in certain places to create life and what was important to us. And how did that shift for you? What, what was the change?
1: Well, everything for us, we, now we lived in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. and it was like our, our life is all about family. Mm -hmm. And we kind of took this gamble because we weren't sure what office culture was going to be like. It didn't see, like my husband's company has a lease, a 10 year lease in Mm -hmm. Century City next to, um, Italy. So their, their, their offices was not going anywhere, but it was like, okay, what does that look like? How many days a week? Is it important? And that, and it kept, it was like lots of ups and downs because Uh then there was Omicron. People like went back to the office and you couldn't go to the office. Uh It's just been so many different waves and variations and mental Olympics of it all for everybody has just been so exhausting. So now, you know, we're still sort of sorting it out and it's hard because we are sort of in this nice bubble mm-hmm. for the girls. Mm-hmm. And I f- it, how do you raise confident, body positive, mm-hmm. creative, comfortable with boredom mm-hmm. humans now with screens mm-hmm. and social media? And oh. it, it's I, so mm-hmm. in San Inez, I feel like it's mm-hmm. easier for me to do that yeah. Yeah. for the girls. But for me personally, mm-hmm. like my soul really misses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, L.A. hustle and bustle, being at the events, catching up with you. Yeah, you know, so I have, I just have to make the effort to be here enough. You do do make
0: great effort though. But what's interesting and what I'm hearing is that when your house sold and you started to kind of think beyond the boundaries of L.A., you were also reprioritizing family Mm -hmm. over career and the physicality of being in L.A. Mm -hmm. and the life you wanted to create for your girls. And it sounded like you wanted to create an environment that was a little slower. Mm -hmm. You wanted to give them more nature and maybe some things that weren't necessarily easily accessible growing up in this urban jungle of LA. Yes. And it's beautiful that you went and did it because that's a that's a very big and scary movie. Yeah, but
1: it wasn't scary because it was a weird time. It, it would have been scary any other time. Yeah. But I was like, we have nothing to lose. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we're going to renovate this uh-huh. property. Yeah. We'll have this great life experience uh-huh. and we can always go back. Yeah. And true. now... LA's always here. LA's always here. Yeah. But when my girls got there. They would like cry if they got their hands dirty. Literally, they were like, eh! <laughs> ah! And now they dig in the dirt all day long and <sighs> they... You know, their lives are just, it's, it's easy. I also, we don't really do screens mm-hmm. like very, very, very little, mm-hmm. like very little. Yeah. And I don't know if I could do that in LA because I don't, it's hard. Like there's not a lot to do. No, it's any, as- yeah. no, we're outside until yeah. it's dark. It's amazing. And you have, it's, it's just amazing. easier to be like, no, go play in the sandbox yeah. or let's go do this. Yeah. It's harder to do that. Yeah. Even if you have like a little slice of land. Yeah kids just get bored so like totally.
0: yeah i don't know yeah and it just
1: it's an easier living like mm-hmm. when i bring the girls here it's all about like where i'm taking them so it's mm-hmm. like oh we're gonna go get a coffee we're gonna go here and we're gonna the go so park true. whereas there we're just sort of like you there be. yeah it's like we're just gonna go for yeah. a walk we'll just we're it's, yeah. i don't know it's not there's very low stress yeah. well there's something interesting we didn't talk
0: about yet but it just came to mind and correct me if i'm wrong But it seems like you've also been thinking about, like, how do you, like, optimize your happiness and Mm -hmm. life? And Mm -hmm. you've been
1: really studying happiness a bit, right? Yeah, definitely. And, like... You took that class you the, took the class yeah. tell us about this class you took okay so it's called the science of well-being it's free it's from Yale and I believe like three million or so people have taken it okay it's a lot about the science of happiness and like what does make people happy and uh-huh. what doesn't versus what they think is going to make them happy yeah. and I think a lot of people went through that pandemic and they were asking themselves like, what does make me happy yeah. what are my priorities. Uh What would I do if I could get out of these four walls? Like where would I go? What would I pursue? Yeah. And hopefully people found some answers Mm -hmm. and they're on that Mm -hmm. path now, whatever that may be. For a silver lining of a really hard time, I hope that people yeah sorted through some of those priorities. Seems
0: like you absolutely did. You made some really tremendous changes and you know now you are a mom to Two beautiful young mm-hmm. girls who have just started
1: school. Yeah, my youngest started preschool. How's that going? Oh, Where are you at mentally? I, I was know. shook. Honestly, I was not really? anticipating, feeling emotional. Mm-hmm. But when she started, it felt so fun. I was like, okay, that's it. Like right. now they're at school and they're yeah. going to be at school forever. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're, they come home there. Mm-hmm. She was only there three days a week mm-hmm. and that's half days mm-hmm. and we have weekends, but it felt yeah. so like in some ways that chapter yeah. of like being a young mom with kids at home was over yeah. you Does know that scare you? I was a little scared about being in San Ynez I was like yeah. okay I think we have to move back to LA I need to start a company like <laughs> yeah. I need something I actually started I haven't sold the idea but I started yeah. just to put my creative energy into yes. something because I I'm trying to hold back and not launch into some sort of business out of yes. A place of panic yeah so I started working on this book this crazy thing that I my from my childhood oh I'm it so involves excited. A, it's a murder it's a crazy 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 story but is I think it? it'd be a great book an amazing series so I was like I'm gonna start wow. putting my energy into at least having that to focus on until I figure out yeah what our plan is are we gonna have a third are we gonna stay in San mm-hmm. Inez mm-hmm. is there a business here in San mm-hmm. Inez but also like The only reason to start a business is because there's really a need for it. I believe in white space and like burning passion Uh and it has to check those boxes versus panic. And
0: I can relate to this very deeply in that you want to be busy and you want to be engaged. Yes. And, you know, where can you put that energy? And
1: yeah, I looked in the Harvard business school classes there's I like this. I know yeah. I was just like what I am know. I gonna do with myself yeah. no. I you can get it. a master's in, in creative writing from harvard what? online and then you have to go finish the program you do a thesis and then you go to boston that's amazing I know there's actually wow. very cool marketing classes that anyone can take it's that's incredible you probably would enjoy some yeah. of them they're I like love this. that's so cool yeah wow but yeah it sounds like I have all this time in my hands it's like <laughs> it's not. It's not, i still have quite a bit of you, work you but it's not enough i do but yeah. it's 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 i just needed I, need i'm used challenge. to having something to put all my creative energy into is i don't have I'm growing yes
0: i think exactly you love, like my senses is you love to grow things and nurture that i
1: do i love brand building that's yes. why i was excited to work yeah. with you like yeah. you were brand new yes. what is parallel gonna be how yeah. do you guys get there yeah like what are the kinks recycling program, like all the little things that we've worked on since
0: I know you have held my hand for the past two years and it's been so invaluable. I
1: have loved learning from you. Mm -hmm. I admire you and
0: it's so mutual. It's so mutual.
1: So what's, you know,
0: thinking back on your motherhood journey and just your life journey here you are right now, right here at the precipice of something new. If your girl's going to school and thinking about maybe is there, do I grow my family more? Do I, you know, lean into creating something new where there's white space and burning passion? I like that. But looking back, you know, what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself through the experience of motherhood?
1: I think the biggest surprise about motherhood in general mm-hmm. to me is how much clarity. Mm -hmm. comes with being a mom all of a sudden who you want to spend time with how you allocate your time Mm -hmm. what you want to pursue like time and priorities really sort of became super super clear yeah which I wasn't really expecting Uh uh-huh yeah Um, but it
0: sounds like that might be one of the bigger things because you did prioritize family Mm -hmm. and this chapter of life with the move to San Yanez and all those changes and the like.
1: Yeah. You cut all the fat. There's just no room and there's no room for toxicity. There's no room. There's just no room. Yeah. If, especially if you're trying Mm -hmm. to create this really healthy, safe environment for your family, all that outside stuff Mm -hmm. affects the inside stuff. Yes. Yes. Totally.
0: And, you know, for anyone listening who might be just starting on their journey, maybe even their fertility journey, is there any advice that you can give to them? Because as we know, it is a winding road and it can be a little, you know, bumpier.
1: Yeah. I think you have to like take good care of yourself and like stay positive, but also Mm -hmm. gather information. I just Mm -hmm. went and saw a fertility doctor to gather information. I'm in Mm -hmm. my late thirties and I wanted to know, what are my follicle counts like? How are my hormone levels? Mm -hmm. I did have a panel that one time and it found out I had Hashimoto's. What is my AMH? Just gathering all that info Mm -hmm. and understanding Mm -hmm. what your trajectory may look like based on science, to me, gives a lot of peace of mind. Yeah.
0: That's hugely empowering just to have that that intel and be able yes. to make decisions or at least know what your options are yes That's because
1: otherwise huge. like when you're trying for like six months and mm-hmm. it's not happening mm-hmm. you kind of like make at least for me but mm-hmm. like the ovulation sticks. i i'm like oh here we are again with ovulation sticks out oh, here yeah. my period again which yeah. is like such a jarring way to be like you're not pregnant it's yeah. like it is blood everywhere ah, yeah. yeah you're, like, you're like oh is, my yeah. god and you cry it's yes like, it's so yeah. much and at some point it's like i just kind of need to know like what's mm-hmm. going on yeah I think, and I think if you're on that journey, mm-hmm. if you've had a few months where it's not happening for mm-hmm. you, just get that information yeah. to kind of ease your mind. Because I think low stress mm-hmm. is really important when you're trying yeah. to get pregnant. I mean, as witnessed through my yes. own experience with Hashimoto's, yeah. you know. stress
0: it's insane what it can do to your body. It really is. I know. I know. Okay. On that note, my final question for you, which I think everyone is dying to know, what are the cornerstones of your self-care, like health and wellness? I don't want to say self-care because I almost feel like it belittles it, but it's like, what are the most nourishing things you do for yourself to keep yourself happy and whole and feeling good?
1: I work out every day, about five days a week. For how long? Well, I live in Sandy nest Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have a little more time. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want, you know, but yeah. I, I think any movement, like 10 minutes,
0: sometimes 30 minutes, like you just I work get out in for an you- hour. Okay. Good for you. I work out That's for an great. hour,
1: five days a week. Okay. It really boosts my okay. like mental physical. Okay, But during the pandemic, when I couldn't work out, I was taking the girls on yeah. walks and I would get and my goal was 10,000 steps. Okay. I had to stop using the step counter. I may go back to it, but because I, I became like so <laughs> obsessed. I was like, I would be in the middle of like yeah. the 11 o'clock at night. I'm yeah. like, I only have an hour to get 3,000 more steps. I'd be pacing around the house. I'd be dancing in the bathroom. My I husband was really like, what are you doing? Yes. <laughs> so yes. Which, like, it, but it, again, it was like something I could control in this yes. time of like a lot of uncertainty. Yes. And yes. it was almost like I, I, I became so obsessed with metrics. Uh-huh. The same thing with sleeping. Yes. And like all the things. Uh-huh. I'm less focused on that now, okay. which I think is for me at this moment is really healthy for me. Good. And it's like, I'm very into intuitively what do I need right now mm-hmm. so I'm not like okay did I get the steps did I get the sleep and like yeah. feeling like I need to check all those boxes it's mm-hmm. like I, I don't I'm a pescatarian yeah. but uh, like six months ago I felt mm-hmm. like I needed to eat meat I was like my body needed yeah. it I went and had meat good for you and it's like yeah, for just, me it's that intuitive yeah like really connecting with myself and my body and understanding what I need right now. Is it coming to LA and having a little bit of a break? Is it integrating more greens? Is it making sure I meditate? Is it, you know, putting makeup on every day and getting dressed for me is really important. I just feel like myself. It's, it's part of, yeah, uh, to me, when I put makeup on, it's like, it's like a religious experience. I just, I don't know how to explain it. It's It's a,
0: it's a moment where you can be completely self-indulgent and Mm -hmm. focused on yourself and I think that is and it's a
1: ritual so it's like calming about the ritual but it's
0: just about you yes and there also is like this nice level of control that Mm -hmm. I find as a mother when nothing is in our control as parents like you can't control your little people that's one of the biggest learnings and things you have to accept and there's something really lovely about having a few minutes to just put on some makeup or do a mask yes so that's really beautiful though because I think the thinking about all of this, it doesn't have to be black or white. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a pescatarian all the time. You don't have to work out five days a week. It's about yeah. what do you need right now yes. and checking in with yourself. Yes. It's really lovely.
1: Checking in with yourself is yeah. so important. It's like the same thing with listening to your body. Yeah. I had I had something weird going on with my boob and I was like, mm-hmm. I got to go like, yeah, ended up being totally fine. Okay. But you have to listen. You have to. You have to listen. And you can't ignore mm-hmm. that. I think especially during the pandemic, so many women... Like I, you hadn't seen your OBGYN, you didn't mm-hmm. have your mammogram. And so there was, mm-hmm. you know, increased rates of all these yeah. illnesses. And so yeah. staying on top of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll your instincts. Yeah. And that's a basic level of self yeah. care. Like have your mammogram, have your pap smear, yeah. get yes. your teeth clean, see the skin doctor. Yeah, make those things are just great. basic, but so important for my so overall well-being. Just in subcon- I don't want that subconscious mm-hmm. sub- being concerned about things I don't need mm-hmm. to be concerned about. Yeah.
0: It's like you also have such a clear mindset. Do you meditate every day or how do you...
1: I do. So after Dee's heart attack, I Mm -hmm. I did not... I was an amazing sleeper. I was like, my family called me Bear because I was just like such a great sleeper. (laughs) But after his heart attack, I literally would stay up and watch him breathe all night. Wow. I could not sleep. So I I was so anxious and I was just... Mm -hmm. Nothing was going to happen to him. He was fine. Yeah. So somebody... Had actually got him a meditation class, a uh-huh. TM meditation class, and oh. he got so much from it right away. Transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went and I took the class. And Good for you. Yeah. And now I don't meditate twice a day every day, but I yeah. do meditate once a day. Okay.
0: And do you do it in the morning, evening, or whenever you catch a second? It's either in the morning or okay. in the
1: afternoon okay. when Adeline, my youngest, naps. Yeah. But it's one. Usually wake up before everybody, just naturally. But I don't get out of. I'm not like those articles everyone's hating on. Like who wakes up and goes out and has a coffee and goes for a walk before everyone. Like are they not sleep deprived?
0: (laughs) That's me, and I am sleep
1: deprived. So I, I will. It's
0: not a. It's the only way I can do what I need to do. But yeah, it's not. If I could, my kids would
1: wake up. It's not my
0: ideal. Like
1: their their alarm goes off in their vortex. If I Uh move, they're like, "Mommy's up." Yeah. Like so, I have to like not move at all and just like meditate. It's funny how there's this like sixth sense. You oh my just god, know. they know. It's wild. Yeah,
0: I'm very very sneaky in the morning, but it's my only. Time. You have a dog. I do, and then he gets up and is you know yes. loud and blinking around.
1: Anyway, yeah, it's not. What so is nice your sense. my little morning? What is your cornerstones of well being? It's it's meditation. It changed my life. And which meditation do you do?
0: I started out with Zen meditation. I had a mentor that I worked with for, I don't know, through, through all the days when I was running footwear. And he was not only a coach to me, but also this Zen master. And he really taught me how to use my energy to set my intention and ability to deliver what I needed to do
1: that day. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, setting your intentions is a big one it's too. It's huge, it's huge. Yeah. So every
0: day I wake up, I have some affirmations that I love that are written in an app, or Mm -hmm. I think about like what, what or who do I want to be today? Mm -hmm. I think about what I'm grateful for. Same. And it, like, I feel like warmth in my heart when I do that, which is really powerful. And then I meditate for three to 15 minutes, sometimes 20, if I'm like, if I've got it in me and I have the time, Mm -hmm. but it's like brushing my teeth. I do it before I brush my teeth because it's such, I
1: don't know, that's how I keep
0: myself accountable.
1: Yeah. I think those intentions are so important they are especially they with are. like being a mom if mm-hmm. I have a bad day where I feel like mom guilt the mm-hmm. next morning I'm like how can I be a better mom today how can I be the best yes. mom today and yeah. it's just a reset yeah it's like okay yeah new day
0: because otherwise you're going through life and it's dodgeball everything's coming at you mm-hmm. and you're reacting mm-hmm. and the worst decisions we often make are when we're being reactive mm-hmm. and so it allows you to just take a little bit more control and be more intentional yeah um so that's great i love that you're meditating every day and how long do you meditate for do you do like guided meditations any tools
1: i do tm and it's 20 minutes okay and i said i there's a tm mm-hmm. timer i okay. said that cause yeah otherwise yeah that's perfect. Yeah. That's great. It's two after 20 minutes I might doze off. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much yeah, for having me. This was course. so great. I hope it was enjoyable for everybody
0: Aww,
1: listening.
0: So amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and also just trusting us to share your story. I know it's something that you don't typically give all the nitty-gritty on, but I find that, you know, in sharing our stories we can feel a little less alone and connected. And It's just really inspiring to hear how women navigate these things. Like you are unstoppable and it's just, it's so admirable. So thank you.
1: Thank you. You're unstoppable. (laughs) I don't know. I'm tired.
0: (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Parallel Lives. Stay tuned for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like today's show, we'd be forever grateful if you take a moment to rate and review us. You can find us online at ParallelHealth.com. That's P-E-R-E-L-E-L-Health.com or on Instagram at ParallelHealth. I'm Alex Taylor, and you've been listening to Parallel Lives. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode was made possible by the company that I co-founded alongside my co-founder Tori and Dr. Viotti, which is Parallel. We are the first and only OBGYN-founded women's vitamin, offering targeted nutrition for each unique stage of the motherhood journey, from preconception through each individual trimester because mom and baby need different nutrients to support them, and into postpartum. We created this product because we felt completely failed by the available options on the market. There was an opportunity to create more targeted nutrition for each of these stages, and so we turned to the nation's top doctors to formulate these products. So each product is meticulously formulated by our founding team of world-class doctors, which includes notable OBGYNs, widely published maternal fetal medicine doctors, award-winning endocrinologists, in partnership with functional medicine doctors, naturopaths, nutritionists, and even doulas. It was so important for us to create a product that both Eastern and Western medicine doctors could agree on. I personally take them on multi-pack. I have a little one who's two years old and four years old, but we have incredible products for all the different stages. So for all of you listening, we are going to offer you a very exclusive 20% off your first month with code PODCAST20. So head to ParallelHealth.com, that's P-E-R-E-L-E-L, health.com, and use that code.